prisoner transport, one of the big things that they go over is just being aware. Mm. Your, your awareness has to be on a very at the highest level. You have to be constantly aware of what's going on at every moment. That's taxing. In a real search, if they're not finding anything over a couple of days, that's a real worry point because you need to keep constantly finding and searching and getting. Being angry about a situation is not gonna change it. I have never been angry at a situation in my life and it's solved. So that way you didn't have to pay your gas bill anymore. Being angry about a situation is not gonna change it. I have never been angry at a situation in my life and it's solved. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to the Big Man's Cabana Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew J. Lepore, and I am on with Mr. David B. Secker. See, look at that. How you doing, Matt? Um, yeah, dude, so we, we, you were on before. We got to talk a little bit about your life and kind of, you know, your whole lifting background and you being a constable, but uh, today I was telling you I want to focus a little bit more on like what that job kind of is, because I had a lot of people ask me, you know, he was great. It was awesome. I learned so much, but I want to know, like, you know, some kind of crazy stories and kind of what was going on with different things. I know, and 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 I know you said you can't talk too much about it, but like with the Cavalcante stuff, and um, and obviously, you know, tell what you can, and of course, everyone can go fuck themselves. He cannot talk about certain things, so I don't want to hear bullshit. I love you all, but fair yeah. borders put on. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, dude, there's it's life's been kind of wild. Uh, the past couple months. Yes, it's been. It's been a little weird time. Uh, you've seen Pennsylvania get in the news for uh, odd things. You know, we have two escapees at the same time. And one thing they uh, we do as constables is prisoner transports. That's so great. that's something, like, nobody really sees. That's, yeah. that's one thing about the constable life I kind of like is that we – we work in spaces where we're not really, you know, it's not a, it's not an upfront position. It's not supposed to be. You know, we we perform functionary uh, aspects of the court and the needs of these things. Yeah. So, uh, and tra- and court, I'm sorry, and prisoner transport. One of the big things they, they go over is just being aware. Mm. Your, your awareness has to be on a very at the highest level. You have to be constantly aware of what's going on at every moment. That's taxing. And that is taxing. That I say that because it it means it. trying to be on that level is taxing both physically and mentally. You have to keep your head on a swivel. You have to know where you are, constantly observing details, and over enough time. Not that uh, you know, just like any human being. And that's the other thing. It's human beings. Things go wrong. Mm. Now that's not an excuse. That's not a uh, cop out or anything. That's just the nature of reality. We're human beings. And things go wrong. Now, did this Cavalcante guy get, like, in terms of, like, trying to, like, he, he rolled, like, you know, in D&D world, I, you know, I can, I can, you know, he that man rolled all sixes. Yeah. That man just got all uh-huh. sixes. Yeah. And he, you know, ran that luck really hard. I and mean, as we know from the, uh, the aftermath, like, they literally almost stepped on the guy. Yeah. You know, this, you know, that's how, like, hairy something like that can really be. And uh, the... Like, when I heard that he was in Longwood Gardens area, you know, going back to the historical mind here, that's part of where the Underground Railroad was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. There are, it's, that's a humongous tract of land where there are so many places to hide and move. Yeah. And, you know, somebody who, you know, who's fighting for their life, they're going to get small real quick. Well, wasn't there, and, and this could be, and if I'm wrong, please, you know, slap me in the face, but... Uh, I did hear there was like another person who they they got him, but when he was in that area, he escaped. He they couldn't find him. It was like almost impossible. Mm. I thought there was. I, again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just the internet just telling me oh, things. That's the thing. I you know, I, yeah. I think I can remember off the cuff, but that doesn't mean it's not out there. So. Dude, I still can't believe. I remember when it happened because he escaped on the 31st. Oh yeah, and I remember. I think you you were just doing some cardio. Yeah, on yeah, on yeah. on the and and we were talking about it and I think I asked you and and it was like maybe like two days after or three days after or something like that. Yeah, I think they caught or they got more. Or they he changed shirts or he got the rifle. That was it. I think he got the yeah. rifle. Um, and uh, you know that's that's when it got like not that it wasn't and like you know high priority then, but when he got that rifle like that. 
That that had just set everyone in on fire. Well, dude, like, well, so no, I'm talking about like when we first talked about it because we talked about it when, when it was at like a 10k because mm-hmm. we didn't even have the rifle yet, and it was like I remember like it was like, two days past. Oh yeah, and we were, we were and then I'm like, he goes, I oh, maybe I have to go hunt for 10k, and then it kind of kept happening. But I in my head, I'm like, okay, it's a couple days past. You know, I haven't I haven't seen David in a little bit, and of course, see him like every Sunday. Yeah, yeah, we, they didn't they didn't. We were not part, constables were not a part of that, yeah. that search. There was a much more or directed operation from the state police doing all that. Uh, but funny enough, it it uh, I'm from Chester County, yeah. So like it, it kind of it was interesting to see his tract and path, yeah. Because like I know a lot of those woods, yeah. And I know a lot of those areas, yeah. and uh, it, you know, there's. I think it's hard for people to grasp. Like, oh, it's only so much area. You, it, this is a large mm-hmm. tract of land where you can just move from place. There's plenty of tall grass. You know, you if you don't want to be found, you cannot be found in there yeah. really easily. And like he was hiding in a, in a wood pile. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you how many, uh, you know, <clears throat> hay barrels. Uh, you know. A, like different construction in various parts uh, to where that's going on. There's like you could spend weeks just searching a 10 by 10 acre area with yeah. a team of 10. Well, that, see, like that was what I was saying with my, uh, with one of my best friends, Gavin, him and I hosted the podcast, shout out, Suttering in Silence. Um, we, when we drove to uh, Colorado, mm-hmm. I, I didn't run into anyone. There was nothing. I remember like, I mean, Cody, I actually, funny enough, got pulled over for lingering in the left lane. <laughs> Oops, <laughs> but but like I remember driving, and it's like when you you kind of just you you hit the thing, you, you you get on the turn, and like you just drive. Like I didn't run into any tolls, I didn't run into anything, and I'm like, you really can just drive and just keep going, especially you know, in Colorado. I've been there before; it's gorgeous, absolutely yeah. gorgeous, and just the way you're on those highways are, are, you can just see for absolutely fifty, a hundred miles. Well, and I'm just yeah. saying, like, because we drove from PA. To Colorado. Oh, oh, that's drive. what I'm. That's what I'm saying. This oh, is a couple wow. months ago, so I'm like, dude, we we left PA and got there. I was in like 25 hours, but it's like we didn't see anyone. Like you, I really saw any cops. I like you're really not seeing yeah. any tolls, and I'm like, you really can just kind of coast and just go across the country. Yeah, it was kind of made that way. You know, big ups to the uh, Eisenhower administration for the national highway system. Oh well, I didn't know that actually. Uh, you know, just another little factor. Well, see, but that that was what I was saying. Is I'm like, dude, if it's that easy for like, you know, just some randos, you know, to just dip, like if he's, you know, careful, like he could end up in. Yeah. And I'm sure that was a big like scare for a lot of you guys too. Well, it it was more. It was just the biting of the time because he kept getting found. Like we kept, they didn't lose absolute track of him. If there was maybe more than three days without news, it was pretty rare. Okay. I you know so it had that gone on for four or five days you know that's when you got like into the possibility of a you know you're, again we're not gonna know but like if in a real search if they're not finding anything over a couple of days that's a real worry point because mm-hmm. you need to keep constantly finding and searching and getting ahead of yourself yeah but that's a lot and, and something something like that but like. <laughs> But, like, as constables, we have to find people all the time in terms of uh, searching for just uh, basic level warrants. So that's, our, you know, getting to part about the job. We yeah. can do, you know, when we get warrants for people who have, you know, some felony stuff, but mostly minor stuff. But sometimes you have to be ahead about yourself because, you know, some people who have uh, a lot of high, like, fraud instances, let's say, there are contractors who don't exactly work with all permits, Mm. And then they get caught working mm. without permits, and they get fined. Okay, they tend to try to avoid those. Sure, and you know you got to do a little digging. And uh, <laughs> one time I, I heard uh, somebody told me he's like, "Yeah, just call them." I'm like, "What do you mean, just call them?" Oh yeah, just call them, tell them you want to get a quote, and just serve them. Wait, so you can serve over the phone? No, not on the phone when oh. I show up for the quote. Oh, that's so, so... So this is my question. I don't know if you ever watched Suits, right? No, I haven't. I've heard about it, but I've never watched so it. So there's this one scene, and it, it reminds me of you every single time. 
it's uh, they're all like the lawyers are standing. They're sitting around. They have this big, massive problem happening. And this guy walks in and he goes, "Did you, anyone order takeout? I have a takeout for Jessica." Uh. And on uh, and uh, <laughs> Jessica and um, and Harvey are like, "No, not to like say their name, like just in case." Yeah. And then Mike goes, "Yeah, well, that's Jessica right there." And then puts the food down. and goes, "You've been served. Enjoy your food." Yeah. Have you ever yeah. had to do that? Uh, not yet. Um, so that that so here's what knowing nothing about the show I'll only pick a pause and yeah. lawyers are used to getting served yeah it's very easy to find them that's they're officers of the court mm-hmm. that's usually not an issue it's people who don't want to get served especially with child support stuff mm. so yeah and also especially like um when it deals with children and uh, termination parental rights uh, there's yeah there's all kinds of different legal mechanics that somebody might not want to happen right away and so that's where you get into uh, service in fact uh, actually someone one that you can find on tape if you look on YouTube is Olivia Wilde Olivia Wilde the the actress I can't think She of was uh, Olivia Wilde. Um, Where did she play? I'm sorry. Oh, I, I she can't... played a half a dozen in different roles. Okay, I it, feel so bad because the name yes, sounds you, familiar. Yeah, you, you, once you Google her, I'm going to feel stupid, aren't I? Pretty much. Let me just look it up. Go, go right ahead. So Olivia Wilde was in the midst of a divorce with uh, Jason Sudeikis, uh, Ted Lasso fame. And, you know, I'm not, this is all. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Oh, there. Boom. Don't worry. It's okay. <laughs> Trust me. I, I Sometimes I. Yeah, that's fine. No, Go ahead. So she's at like a film festival doing a Q&A. Exactly. And she's there just, you know, being herself and all that jazz. And then like uh, she gets up to like to leave and just like, you know, hi. And she's like, and she's going down for the dais and she thinks this guy's coming to help her down. He serves her with the divorce papers right there and then. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so you know, we know it's you. It's a, <laughs> I, yeah, you know, thank you, Olivia Wilde. I mean, I, do people do people like not give up their name if you're like looking for them? Uh, yeah. See, that's the thing. When people are aware, they're trying to avoid service. Yeah, that's when they screen. You know, heavily screen their calls. They don't answer the door. You know, they they get they turtle up real quick because. They're afraid. And what if you see someone that you know their name? Now, if I, that's the thing. If I know the person personally, and I can some way or like I can prove either on face, you know, I know that person. That's me. So part of the thing is when you do a service that you sign an affidavit. I, you know, Constable David B. Secker was at this location at this time. Served, you know, Matt. At, I can never say your last Lepore. name. Lapore. Lapore. You're good. I got you on the first time, so it's cool. So there you go. So Matt Lapore, or at you know his house. And, you know, he was approximately, you know, six foot tall, you know, so-and-so yeah. pounds, you know, and write this whole affidavit out. So that way, if you ever challenge me in court, like, I was never served properly, like, well, you know, you is this not at your house? Do you not work here? da 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 uh, All those things. You know, a lot of people get served at work. Damn, dude. Oh, servers. Really? Yeah. Well, funny enough, I'm not going to mention that. It doesn't happen all the time, but, like... You know, if you know like a server that's you know or a bartender, you just go up and say, "Hey, are you Bethany? Bethany, so and so? You been served?" Oh. That's that's that you know that you you gotta be like, you have to really be playing the avoidance game to get that happen. Wow. So like, okay, so so like, have you ever served like uh, someone where it, it it is like child involved, where it's like they are they're they're they are getting their Parental rights terminated? Uh, I couldn't speak on that just because okay. of the nature of, like, you know. I understand. That's a, those are, when you get children involved, it's like. Sure. I yeah, understand. Yeah, I understand. Uh, I've been involved in a serve at the prison before and uh, over at uh, SEI Phoenix. That's an incredibly put-together facility. Uh, uh, Go through all that layers of security. He did serve someone there was uh, – Definitely, you know, it really eye opens you to because uh, it's a brand new facility. Uh, so the, the the layers of security they have there really do like you know it's it's an awe it's an awe scenario. Wow! And you so, know you realize how locked tight, especially a facility like that is. So how so when you're serving someone in jail papers, right? Mm-hmm. 
what are you serving them for? Like, you know what I'm it saying? It could be half a dozen and different things. Uh, they could be uh, sued by someone else for whatever, uh, civilly for, you know, whatever mm. they did. Sure. Uh, you know, custody things happen, and termination of parental rights happen. Uh, I worked at the Register Wills and Orphans Court for five years. So I was actually, I've, you know, I've now been on both sides of this, like where I've literally served, I've served a person in there for stuff and then now i i've served or i've i've worked at the orphans court where it all happened so i've seen uh, the course of where all this goes and dude that's it is a lot but the thing is this is the this this is for something like this to happen a lot of things have to be wrong a enormous amount of things that have to be wrong and the only remedy for this is to permanently disenfranchise someone from their of uh, their children that I mean, you have to re- realize that you know this is not done lightly at all. There, wow. you know, not a lot of these cases happen even in county court. Wow. So you know, this is something that is honestly rare, but it does happen. That's dude, that's terrifying. Because you always hear about it, and then you, like you know, you, it, it it makes you take a step back, and you're like, what is happening? Like what what like you know, that's lots it's, of things, and that's the thing. There's no one case that kind of you can. Uh, you, there's no like you'd have to aggregate a lot of data. To be able to get a more better sense of why does this happen, you know that uh, you know those are for uh, you know uh, criminal justice, uh, you know mm-hmm. doctorate people sit there and really look at criminological data, sure, sure, and really get to an uh, analytical answer. Yeah, because honestly, one thing I've been noticing is like the same deal. I'm only seeing my fraction mm-hmm. of evictions of warrants. You know, it would take honestly all of us constables to really get together and parcel that data out to get a better picture of how does these things happen. Yeah, because we're relegated by our area. So I only do the evictions in Norristown because those are the courts that I work for, oh. and not all constables work for all the different courts and different areas. So our sample size is uh, parochial. Okay, then that makes sense. It's just. I- I feel like, you know, people always see these videos, and I feel like it happens all the time, but, like, how often are you serving people? Uh, every day. How how many would you say per day? Uh, it can vary. So, like, some days I'll get, like, 10, 20 uh, uh, landlord-tenant things. So that's the initial start of the landlord-tenant process. So, you know, for example, let's just say, you you know, Besides rent, because that's a usual kind of scenario, let's just say you've broken the lease by, let's say, I don't know, you you were trying to get out of a gas bill by rerouting the gas from a neighbor's house to your house, so that way you didn't have to pay your gas bill anymore. That happens? That actually happened. I actually served a, a landlord-tenant situation with that exactly on the on the situation, yeah. That, that like, to me, I mean, I've gone along. I, I, you know, I've been in college oh before. I actually was back in Westchester the other day. Lovely town. I love it. And, uh, I, I, I you know, I, you were a broke college kid. Yeah. I, I, you know, yeah. we're all in that space. And, like, you know, I've, I've stretched a dollar, but I've never in my day ever thought, you know what? If I just switch over the gas to my neighbor, you know what? That's, like, 20 bucks a month of saving it's like no no i've never that's wild yeah yeah it's wild i mean to, like the effort to take to and also the danger yeah. to like because you know they're not I, I don't imagine the guy was being safe no you know oh my gosh <laughs> dude that's crazy so yeah. so what is what is thus far like the craziest story you've had being a constable that you can talk about craziest story <sighs> Crazy story that I'd want to talk about. Huh. Hmm. That's hard. That's you have to let me uh, let me reminate that for a minute. No, because, you're good. Uh, you know, one thing you have. To, uh, I want to be respectful for is people's privacy. Sure, sure. So sure. you have to. You know, I see. I'll put it this way: I see people in their most vulnerable moments. Sure. When these things are happening, so you have to give. The res- you know it's very it would be very odd if I you know told you an eviction story because you don't know the we don't know the person we don't know what situation got them there but you know I'll put it this way I'll tell you the grossest thing 
That's uh, that's about as good as I get because you know. One time I did eviction. The person was not there. This was in Norristown. When I served the first time, I could just smell bad smells coming through the door when I did the initial serve. <sighs> now, I remind you, these situations, especially uh, this was actually when I first started back in last October. So we were actually, uh, long story short, COVID restrictions were starting to come loose at that point, and landlords were starting to get more people out so these are like kind of the last people using the like the last fingernails of the justice system mm-hmm. yeah. to keep themselves in these places yeah and uh, this was definitely probably uh you know i i don't know how this person lived but i couldn't imagine them living with other people when i tell you when i opened that door it was like i was punched in the face with stunk oh like uh, like a being made of stanky, rancid it, death just came and just whopped me in front of the face. I put a mask on. Like I'm I'm usually pretty good with something like that, but I went and put a mask on after that, and just and I put booties on my feet because the ground was literally littered with cat at crap, uh, bugs, uh, yeah. Dead, oh my dead, god, that's dead, disgusting. Dead mouse, dead, things like that. Yeah, it was just. How do you live like that? That's that's one of those things where you're just like, oh my god. And uh, there was um, this is like a studio apartment. It was just sort of like, you know, this is a very this is not a large apartment. Sure, 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 sure. And like, there was a small little kitchenette that literally was just, uh, it, it was just caked with grease. You know, just just caked with Ew, old grease, oh. and there was a pot full of this. It looked like the something consisting of potato soup, but I don't think it was at all. Oh, and God. there was, I mean, this like I, I, you know, I still have the the you know I I still have camera footage of this, and it would. I, I want to uh, send a tra- training video to so be like this is be per- like see this video, imagine what this smells like. It was worse. So that's be prepared disgusting. for this. How did you let something get so bad like that? It could be honestly mental health. Sure. And that's the thing. That's where, you know, I want to say not to, you know, most likely this was a mental health situation. So, you know, there was a lot of needs not being met for this situation to happen, both the person and the landlord. Yeah. So both really lose in this respect because now this person with an eviction on their record is less likely to probably be able to get other housing and just going to be another, you know, stone around their neck and not being, you know, it's hard to get treatment when you're on a stable life. You know, if you're just a working person, you know, trying to deal with your own mental health issues, not to that, you know, probably mm-hmm. not to that, maybe, maybe not to that extent. Sure. I don't want to, you know, say one way or yeah, the other. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's hard enough to get mental health services when you're working. Imagine how hard it is when you're homeless, you've got a record, you know, stuff's piling up, and you don't have money. So, oh, fuck, dude. And that's where, you know, yes, initially, oh, you know, the, the initial hit of what is this? How did this happen? And then gives way to the, reash, uh, the reality when you think about it, of like, you're right, you know, this person is not living with other people, you know, their mental health is probably declining. They pro- in fact, I think that particular case, the guy didn't even show up to the uh, the court hearing. So that's uh, you give the judge no chance to def- you know for your own defense if you don't even show up, which happens. So okay, so all right, you come, you go, are you Matt Lepore? I'm like, yes, you serve me, right? If I don't show up, you're coming for me, right? Like that's so not or- me per se. So that's the particular. So like, if it's a civil hearing, then you just default. You know, if you got served and you you know get a court date and you don't show up, you you know you were served, you didn't show up, you default. You know, and that's a civil. So so, so defaulting. So that it, basically, you you lose the case or you're held of. in contempt. Okay. Oh, that's the held in contempt. That's a whole different thing. If you were being taken to uh, court over, like uh, if the DA was charging you with something, you know, criminally speaking, that's that's when the sheriffs come get you. Or local PD or both, depending how bad of a boy you've been. I understand. So we oh. deal with the lower court stuff. So there are people that do have uh, felony stuff that do get, they usually get picked up by local P- P- 
PD because over here we have the luxury of having municipal to police department out in the western half of the state. You know, there are, you know the state police will do it, but if there's something needs to be done quickly, they call the constables. Yeah, because that's what they have out there. Yeah, so it, it really is situation by situation. That's insane, because you know um, I don't know if you have seen. I, I, you have TikTok, no? Or do you no? Have, okay. I do not want the Chinese uh, okay. looking at my phone. Smart, smart. You are smart. Um, I'll show you either like when we're done this, or I'll, I'll bring a couple of videos on Sunday. There's this guy, um, P- uh, Pinnell Sh- uh, County Sheriff. Uh, he's a uh, um, He's he's a, he's a, he's a deputy sheriff, and what cracks me up is he goes like you always see it is like, like he'll write tickets and stuff like that for like criminal speeding or whatever it is. Like he works in the traffic, uh, the the traffic department, right? Okay. But he'd always be like, "Are you gonna show up to court? Cause if you don't, we're gonna come for you." I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like, well, uh, is he charging with just speeding tickets? Well, so like, so the way he would say it is a like criminal speeding of those to just like regular speeding or whatever it is. Okay, so so that's what, so like that's that would be something that they have on. And where what state is this? This is Arizona, Pinal County, Arizona. Okay, so that would mean I mean like there there would be I mean there's criminal of course you know uh, traffic violations but mm-hmm. like. You know that that would be that'd be quite a threshold. You know, and well, I imagine in Arizona their tra- traffic laws are a little different. Well, yeah, it was just I don't know if that's if that's how it is here because I know when I because like they have like a whole YouTube video and they're really cool. Like the 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 sheriff will pull people over and like do like nice things like hey thank you for following the road oh, yeah, laws yeah that, that and happens. then but but his deputy uh, does the opposite. Uh, good like cop, bad cop. Good then. cop, bad cop. He's cool. He's cool, but like he's uh, like I've watched more stern, very more stern. So I didn't know if it was like that here. Um, I you know that I you know okay. So 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 when it comes to serving and things like that, like how like how does that work here when it comes to like you know you're you're, oh, you're dealing with situations like that? Oh, we deal with situations. I try to use my head and talking. That is how I solve ninety nine percent of my problems. Yeah. Because let's say if I'm serving a final eviction notices, there might be some feelings, some emotions, and negative feelings towards myself. Mm-hmm. Even though this is a judgment of the court, I had nothing to do with this. I did not. You're that, just you the middleman. I'm just the middleman. I'm here to serve and to make sure that you get your stuff out and the landlord has his property returned to him, mm-hmm. as, i.e., the apartment, house, whatever. Sure, being sure, sure, sure. Oh, you know, that's my place in this. And there will be people, a lot of people, that want to start litigating and in court, you know, going court over this, literally in the street, you know, and arguing with this about this that, and the other deal. And you have to sit there, of course, and just listen. That's you know, there's no point in me trying to shout a person down, overbear on the situation. That's not going to get me anywhere. Yeah, you know, I, you know, if the person starts ratcheting up up to levels where I feel like something is in danger, that's uh, you know that's that person crossing a threshold, mm-hmm. but as long as they're just talking about it, they're upset. I will sit there and listen and be like, okay, all that you can tell oh, to your attorney, or you know, if you call the court, you want to appeal, which they have the right to, they can go to Commonwealth uh, Court in the Pathetary's office and file an appeal from an eviction. That puts a stay on things, and then when that's settled. It goes one way or the other. So when you go to serve them for like an eviction notice, right? You say you say and you listen to them, which I mean, it's very uh, admirable. But you can't just like you know serve and dip out. I can't. Okay, I, I choose I, not to. That's fair because this is something that's happening to them, and you know, of course, all situations are different. Some people just want you to just serve them and be out. They don't mm-hmm. want to hear nothing, and you know that's fine. Some people want to talk to you about it, and that's fine. You know, I'm I'm a public servant. That's you know when I get down to it. As much as I am, you know, part of law enforcement, I am also a public servant, and an elected one as well. So, I'm not afraid of my. You know, I should say it. it's I'm more concerned about the person getting all the information they can that they want at the moment I'm there, mm-hmm. and that just makes the whole process better because it, you know if I'm if something something really bad has happened in their life to get them to this state. Me spending a couple of minutes just listening and trying to, uh, I'm not, I can't make the situation better, but I can at least listen 
and do what I can. Like, okay, uh, so it's at twelve o'clock. Oh, and you you know you work and you're trying to figure everything out. So, yeah. <clears throat> and like you know, I show there in twelve, and they're not quite ready yet. I can go to the landlord, be like, hey, can we give them an extra hour or two to give them the last little bits? And they're most ninety nine percent of the time, they're more than happy to do mm. that because that way they don't have to deal with their stuff later or they set another date for them to come back and unlock the doors. Just get it done now. So what happens if that one percent? They're like, no. Well, that's that's it's the landlord's property. They have the judgment, so it is their it is their word. And you know, I can you know I can try to negotiate with them. I can try to be you know, and that's the thing. I actually try to maintain a very good relationship with uh, the different landlords in town. And I, I maybe only once has that been a situation where it's like we want this guy out now. And so what? So what happens then? Like what? What happens with their stuff? Like what? Like so you have ten days to request for thir- uh, to request a date within thirty days to then come and get your stuff again. Mm. Basically, okay. So okay. and you know, it, you know, depending on the you know the how much stuff how how able is the person to do this on their own because a lot you know. A lot of time, people in that situation, they don't have family and friends to come help them out. It's just them, you know, they're older. Mm-hmm. It, it, it can take all kinds of shape and sizes. So, so like, what happens if someone's, like, a 50, 60, 70-year-old person and they're not able, like, what? Well, that would be something that hopefully that would get figured out in court. Because that's something the judge would be like, okay, you know, the the person would, you know, talk about their situation. Like, I don't have family and friends. It's just me. I'm alone. And that's where the judge, you know, of course, would then, you know, start asking them questions about what options do you have, where you're going to go after this. You know, that's something that they do when they're in court. But as I was told you earlier, sometimes people don't even show up to court, which leaves the judge the least favorable option because you know you know if they're you know they can at least help you out there and then about getting services Mm -hmm. that's something in norristown that we're really good about because we do have a lot of people in need so judges will talk you know be talking to the person and then you know they'll call they they themselves will call the people at services like hey we have a person doesn't have family doesn't have anyone uh, to care for them they're getting evicted what can we do Mm, and the least that's awesome yeah and they'll make phone calls, and when a judge calls, you know people listen. So, crickets down here. Yeah, um, but that that is cool. I, I've never actually understood fully like what that all kind of entails, because like in my head, you know, I guess I don't know that much about all of the uh, what's it called, like the services and things like that. So oh, yeah, so. Because in my head, I'm like, okay, this person is getting evicted. They have nowhere to go. And I'm assuming they don't have any money. And if they're getting evicted and they're behind on, like, payments, then they might not have anyone to help them out and subsidize that. Yes. So what kind of, like, what kind of services do they provide? Do they give them a place to stay? Do they help them move things? So this is uh, the nonprofit land. Okay. So I'll give you a quick thing of how this works. There's a group called Epic, and at least works in the North Sound and courts that's very good. I talk to everyone who I, I meet when like I serve them with eviction and notices, you know, the court or notices. Like, yeah. So the first part. I tell them this piece of paper on the back is to Epic. This is a uh, nonprofit that helps people with rentals. So the the Epic people, they're really good at being at fi- uh, finding grant money sure. for people in these situations. Uh, I don't know a lot. I can't really speak personally to how they work. So I've, I actually, that's something I need to do. Sure. Is I actually have a sit down with these people and be like, hey, how does this happen? What are the realistic expectations? But I know from what I've seen, when I talk about, about the not, you know, a lot more higher percent of the time, higher percentage of the time when I talk to them about Epic at that stage when they mm-hmm. first get the court notice. Yeah. I don't see them again for an eviction. Okay. And I'm honestly happier about that than most things. Okay. So, like, if I talk to someone and they're like, real, I can, they don't, no one's ever said to me, I need help with risk, with rental assistance. Mm. That's not where people's heads are at at that moment. Sure. They don't think I'm going to even care about that when they see me because they just see, you know, the whole, uh, the whole get up. The whole get Yeah. You look like a police officer. Well, yeah, it's, I, I look like law enforcement. So yeah. they, they don't feel like this person's coming with 
directions of help. Sure. So yeah. they don't know to ask. So that's why I make the effort to be like, okay, this piece of paper back here, because, you know, it's on the very back. And, you know, most people just see the court date stuff. And there's some other things on the thing in the back that won't, they wouldn't know really to look at it. So I make it a point to like turn the pages, put it in front of them, and point that out. Dude, that's awesome. And that's, that's, that's the kind of service that I would want done. See that? See, I, I feel like that could be the difference between someone reaching out for help or kind of like rebuilding, than just being like, "Fuck, yeah. dude, I have a, I have a court date." This kind of this 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 police, they oh, probably yeah. don't know you're a constable, but like the, this officer came to my door. Yeah, yeah, it, just, yeah that's the thing. To, to the people, you know, most people are just, "Oh, it's police," because they see the whole thing. They don't know the difference between a constable and a police and a sheriff. You know, that's well, not their, what they're thinking is at that moment. It wasn't until like three years ago that I knew the difference. Cause when I so when I would see that right, I would see like a, like a YouTube video or like I hear about it, I'm like, oh, I guess like officers do that. And then I'm and then I, I I forget I forget how it got corrected, but I was like, oh, it is not the same thing. Like they're different like entities. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, in other states it's also different. So yeah, uh, there are constables in Texas. They are elected. But you actually mm. have to be have gone through the police academy in order or to uh, to do that because that's Texas state law. Okay, that makes sense. So it, in uh, Kentucky, it's different. In Baltimore, it's different. Okay, so when it comes to like assistance, right? So show me kind of what that looks like. You 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 go, you serve someone. They have their ten days and their following court yeah, days. Yeah, it's like twelve, uh, 12, 14 days, sometimes like that. You know, depending. Sometimes it's ten, but you know to try to get it, or, you know, as fast as we can, okay. so that way they can make the phone call and get the ball rolling. Because not everything happens. Uh, you have to apply. It's sure. an application process. You have to show your income. You know, you have to show why. Hey, you know, you also have to have been a good leaseholder. You know, you can't be like, you know, yeah, they're trying to kick me out because I got caught in selling drugs in, in the apartment. They, yeah, they're not gonna help you. So then, with like all like the the so say you apply. Everything works out. Like what? What is? What does the process look like then? So that's the thing. I honestly don't know a lot about that process. That's okay. something I gotta uh, look into. But more often than not, people do get grant assistance because it, as long as it is the rent, I, I I shouldn't even say I don't know what the limits are. But mm -hmm. I've seen people with some you know uh, with you know some very high back due payments get help. So mm. it, it, it the the purpose of, of the help is that it's there. They actually still have COVID funding from the uh, the past pandemic, so they still have access to a lot of funding right now. And that that's honestly, I I'm really happy they have that because Norristown has to me like the one of the precipital problems I've seen at least in my area. If I can like prognosticate it, it something, yeah, Norristown needs an employer. Mm. Norristown needs a basic employer where somebody can just go and get a job. They don't. It does not have to be the highest paying job in the world, but just a job. But <clears throat> just a job, something okay. that will give them some money starting out. Because there, are, you know, there are a, you know some halfway homes. There are you know some uh, places where people are trying to start out again. But there's not a lot of employers in Norristown. There's not a lot of places where somebody trying to rebuild their life can start building the funds to do that. Really? So like interesting. So so how does that work when you're in like you know you're you're in this assisted living? What kind of jobs are they are they like looking for? Like does well, it matter that's situational. So you got to remember, you know, people in assisted living uh if they, you know, halfway homes, they might be coming out of, a, of the prison system. You know, depending on their situation, because they can't. You know, they don't necessarily want to kick people out into poverty. So you, while if you're if you don't have anyone to pick you up when you're out of prison, you can apply for assistance. You know, while you're in there, caseworker. You know, depending on your situation, you know, can vouch for you, help you out. But you know, it's it, you know, it's various degrees of make it work is the best way I can describe it. Everyone is, uh, you know, nonprofit land is tenuous. Everyone's working off of grant money, you know. Uh, no one is, you know, trying to, f it's really hard to fundraise for men's shelters. It's really, it's hard to fundraise for shelters, period. You know, so yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's a lot of barriers 
from these services getting hot net, you know, better access to more funding. Wow. And it's uh, and it's because also they deal with a uh, a population that not everyone wants to not necessarily help, but you know, it's not looking out for. You know, yeah. some people with violent backgrounds. You know, some people don't. A lot of times with men's shelters, you can't have a, a violent background and get the help at all. Mm-hmm. So if you did, let's just say, get like, you know, not to say that, you know, there's various degrees of violence. You know, <coughs> yeah. getting in a fight with somebody is not the same as beating up a loved one or a family member or a girlfriend or something like that. So, but the, the laws and the, a lot of the groups don't have the ability and the, the staff to make the differential. So you just make a blanket oh. rule and that's and that's a barrier. Oh, dude. So, you know, that's the thing. You know, the there's, you know, the this the quite simple answer is there's not a lot. You know, that's something that, you know, if, you know, there's a, there was a big hoop on the the internet's recently in the the news about of the homeless situation, the unhoused situation mm-hmm. yeah, in yeah. Norristown. And I'll just put it it's simply that there's a lot of people that are very unhappy about it. Mm-hmm. That's fine. You can have you're entitled uh, to those feelings. You know, pe- homeowners complain about the uh, a lot of not very pleasant things happening to their property, and you know, putting necessarily uh, the blame on the homeless population. Good, bad, and you know, wrong, right, and indifferent. The thing is. I'll I'll be the bad guy and I'll say this. None of that's going to change it. Being angry about a situation is not going to change it. I have never been angry at a situation in my life and it's solved. Yeah. This is going to take a well thought out, funded plan that everybody in the county is going to have a hand in. Because that's honestly that, you know, this is one uh, one thing I do point out out that does make a lot of sense. Norristown is sort of the the dumping ground for a lot of other townships, and municipalities. I've even heard other counties mm. putting their er, unhoused population into Norristown really? and running away. I, again, this is just I've not seen Hearsay, this. Part. I've yeah. never heard this. Seen this personally, done myself. This is all secondhand. Take it for what it is. But that's what I've been told. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily have any, anything that necessarily dissuages me of that opinion either. So as much as it is secondhand, I ha- haven't, no one's present, come up to me and said, hey, David, <clears throat> let, me, let me set that record straight for you. No one's mm. done that quite yet. Yeah, I mean, it's... <sighs> It's got to be hard because even like you know like Sean, uh, yeah, Gally, uh, yeah, and like he's had some just insane run and stories and situations, oh, yeah. and like I was of course he would you know tell us or and I'm like dude like yeah. sometimes like you know you really think you're like because like I have to check myself sometimes too is like you know my girlfriend one of my best friends lives in Norristown the gym's like right around the street you know like yeah, it's yeah. not in Norristown but it's Norris yeah I, I, I it's like Trooper uh, I. Okay, I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll. Norristown, real. Like, yeah, all right. So, I've lived in Norristown for oh, about twelve years now. Jeez. And people really do believe if you live in Norristown and you've lived there for a long time, there's a lot of people who really get an island mentality about Norristown. That like, you know, I will never leave it. I will never escape this thing. And I'm like. King of Prussia was right over there. Uh-huh. Philly's, you know, a, a forty-minute, fifty-minute bus ride that way. You know, there's million-dollar homes in Bluebell, eight miles north. Not even that much. Not even. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, I really, you know, I don't get that. But also, I'm not the person, in, you know, who's lived in Norristown their whole life and you know, are, are facing a different uh, situation. So I have to be cognitive. That I don't see things the same way as other people. Agreed. And yeah. so it takes, you know, it, it would be simple enough to be like, well, you know what? I don't see it that way. And then and, and sit there and just nod off to all these groups' issues. Sure. But in that same respect, that men, uh, the mentality of that, 
you can never get out of your situation is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. That, you know, you people do get out of bad situations. It's to, it you know, and it doesn't matter where, who, what or why. It just takes the same amount of effort. Just like if you aren't getting the same way out of your lifts, you know, you've you've heard me say this a million times. Uh-huh. Oh, trust to me. To get what you're not getting, you got to do what you're not doing. Yeah. Simple as, you know, and that's an oversimplification dude, you, of all. You, like, Zach, Sonny, Sam, all with the one-liners, dude. I know. It's great. I know. It's a generational thing, you know. And also, it's an experience thing because, you know, as you're getting experience and, and lung, being a young lifter or in work life, all things in general, you, you, you begin with a large strata of information and then you start narrowing down to the, to the lowest common denominator of the truth. Mm-hmm. Of like, just, you know. It really is, you know, lifting is just as simple as train, eat, sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not, on a, it, you know, it's not written on the back of jackets, you know, to sell jackets, <laughs> yeah. although it is. It does that. There's a nugget of truth in there. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and I think that's with everything too. Plus, there's also this like uh, this little like one liner. It's like uh, speaking things in, into existence. Uh-huh. And it works both in positive and in negative aspects where it's like, you know, you come from hard times. You know, if, if you keep speaking into existence, hey, I'm going to be like this forever, I'm going to be like this forever, then you're probably going to be like that forever. You know, but if you speak into existence, even if, like, you know, it's still hard and you have to grind and grind and grind, but like, I'm going to do something great one day. I'm going to get out of this. And you keep saying that, you know, that's your mentality. Same thing. Like you, you say lifting, I'm going to bench 500 pounds, I'm going to bench 500 pounds. You might not necessarily get there. But I mean, it's lifting, it's a different situation. Yeah, the expectation, so the goal, you know, you have the mindset there of I can do something. It's just, that's what a mindset is of just v- visualizing victory of like, this is my goal. Now, how you get there is where the tweaking and more attention to detail mm-hmm. is involved. Things, yeah. You know, I want to get a cow. It's like, imagine, you know, you're, you know, uh, you're Lewis and Clark. You want to get it to the other side of the American continent. You know, they had the drive, but they also had to, you know, hook into local knowledge mm-hmm. and, and the people of the area to get there safely or they would have just died. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> all the willpower in the world will not get you across the continental United States if you don't know how to get there. Exactly. That makes sense. Which it, it, it also is nice to see that the U.S. have like some kind of programs to guide people. Well, that's the thing. These are not U.S. like government programs. These are nonprofits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the thing, you know. Oh, I see your point. Uh, okay, see, that's and that's a mentality I a lot see. of people think that the you know we'll get into politics here. The government has things that give money to people. For, you know, and the, you know, it depends on who you ask and where and how these go. Oh, you know, I'm sure if you go into certain areas, is there people like oh people the, you know them you know that, that's them the, people them people you know we don't even have to say one thing or another we just them people over there are getting free handouts free phones they don't have like uh, and, and you, you can it does give me a headache after a while I can only listen to so much but then I go to the job and see people who are getting them handouts people. and I'm yeah. like you wouldn't trade places with them if your life depended on yeah yeah so, and and see that's the thing you know there's there, there's a, and i think what's nice is if people like actually open their eyes and like talk to people like 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 you who experience this every day yeah you know it's like who am i to be like here and judging you know i'm sure there's plenty of cases that you know the the certain political party will use like look at this this is an example of they're oh, wasting yeah. the government but then it's also like you look on the opposite side it's like look at this family and this mother and uh, a husband who are trying to work all they can and they can't provide and now yep. here's Constable Dave Besecker showing up at the door and it's like um, yeah I'm you bringing know? the unhappy news yeah so I mean there, there's there's both sides of the thing and it, it really is interesting though to like you know kind of hear these stories and see the, the, the things that Sean would say and I'm like dude that's, that's wild yeah sometimes it sounds like the wild west sometimes it like, can be that way because yeah. he, he showed me the video of like, him getting shot at oh yeah and I yeah. was like He's like, all right, you can't judge me. I was crying like I was screaming like a little baby, and I watched it. And I'm like, yo, you could hear it whizzing. I'm like, yep. I'm like, yo. He goes, dude, I know. I was freaking, I was freaking the fuck out. I was like, dude. Yeah, get hot moments, get your blood up. You're, you know, uh, you, you know, everything comes tight. Uh, you get the narrow vision thing. You know, 
moments uh, can happen and feel like forever, and then you know an hour can go by in a blink. Yeah, it, it's you know, adrenaline is a hell of a drug. So, so what was uh you you said at one point you guys had to do your constable thing over like a Walmart or something like that? Uh, so or I was uh, during the the past uh, week uh, there were a heightened security at a lot of places in Philadelphia. Right. Yeah. Uh, they hired constables to help as a supplementary to these efforts to help secure these locations. Mm. Uh, I and a bunch of other constables that were doing this work, and uh, we, you know. Um, it, it was okay. Everything, you know, we, we maintained in our spaces. Everything was fine. Uh, people, you know, some there were some testing of limits. People were trying to look for places. Uh, you know, I don't, you know, we don't want to, I don't, I can, we can't infer who or what or why. It, but, you know, we maintained security presence. And everywhere we were, Nothing happened. Although generally nothing happened after the first couple days, but you know that's you know no one wants to take a risk. Mm-hmm. So it was a it was a very heightened situation there for a little while. Nobody kind of knew what was going on, and but thankfully everything came out out fun, you know in terms afterwards. It's uh, it's it's a hard situation, and when you have the situation that it broke down as it was mm-hmm. it, it, there's, you know, it's still ongoing. So I don't want to talk too much about it. Yeah. It, but it's, you know, we did the job. So that way act, uh, uh, the, you know, all the officers in Philadelphia can denote their resources to other areas. So that's, you know, that's the, the value add that I see that we provide is that in certain situations we can, you know, help provide a, uh, you know, armed presence security, and peacekeeping efforts to an area so that way officers can spend their resources in other more needed areas. Sure. That's actually really cool. I never, I never would have thought of it like that. Because when you said you were, you, were, you were heading down there, like, it's crazy down there. I was like, oh, my gosh. They're really just pulling all the stops. Well, I, you know, I, we are there so that way they can be in the areas that the, the Philly PD really need to be quickly. Because if they have oh, to spread yeah, out, why, yeah. if they, they only have so many officers – they have a whole city, <clears throat> a lot of, of places that need protection, and, and only so many slots. You know, people got to sleep. A bunch of our guys, uh, you know, we're uh, jumping around from places to places. It's doing, you know, uh, we were making it work. And, you know, uh, it was a a collective, you know, it wasn't a collective, like we're all working together, but we're, it was, we're all trying to get the same job done. That's cool. Yeah, I, I guess I never thought of it like that. People got to sleep. People got to eat. Yep. There's there's a, there's, there's an entire city. Yeah, and and says so Broad Street. Only work so many twenty four hour shifts. Twenty four hour shifts. Well, they're not uh, they're not meant to be twenty four hour shifts. They just happen that way. Yeah. yeah. That's that's the God's honest truth of just how some things happen. You know, to, uh, as Sean, he'll tell you all about it. I asked. Uh, I talked to another guy who was an EMS. Mm. He's a constable, and he's like, yeah. You know, you get like eighteen-hour shifts, and then you get the uh, dreaded twenty-four. You know, twelve or eighteen-hour shifts sometimes, and then there's sometimes uh, you get the dreaded thirty-six. He called it. You work like an eighteen-hour shift. The guy who was supposed to take over for you doesn't show up, and you just go ahead and work the rest of that shift, and uh, it becomes a dreaded thirty-six. And you're just like, wow. I think I would pass out or die. Uh, you know that. You know. They they manage, you know. They they try to get rest when they can. They try to eat when they can, you know. And you know sometimes that happens. That's the reality of like first responder life. I guess I guess that makes sense because like you know whenever you see like riots and things like this, you always see all these cops, you know. And then I guess no one ever thinks about yeah. The there's still the, the aftermath, the other parts of the city that are yep. still riddled with things going on, fires, crimes, domestic violence, problem with children, car accidents, like there all these things a, that are still. A news article I saw actually there was a T-Mobile. Uh, I forget exactly where it was, but uh, T-Mobile uh, during that last week was robbed three times in the same week in three days. Each day it got robbed by a different person, <laughs> not the same guy, different people. And this guy owns several other shops, and he's just capping it off, and I'm done. Who could blame him? His insurance is probably unreachable now. And that's the other thing people don't really think about when these riot situations happen. 
yes, you go. You know, you go after places, oh, and you cause and destruction, mayhem, and things are caused. The insurance rates go up, which and like Walmart and other big places will pay for it, but that means small business guys, their rates go up as well. So if you're trying to start a small business after uh, a big or, or several big incidents and you go and try to get insurance, it's going to be a lot higher than it was before all that. Yeah. What, what was the, uh, when that was all happening in Philly, what was the, uh, was it, I know Wawa pulled out of Philly, right? Uh, Wawa's pulled out of some uh, center city spots yeah. because of just theft. You know, yeah. Just, just blanket theft. Uh, Target is closing stores yep. because of, yeah. they just can't protect themselves from theft. I was yeah, I was gonna say I I can't remember if it was Target or if it was uh, it's both. Uh, yeah, I I know Wawa. That was a big one that I saw. And also the safe and also the other thing, you know, more importantly, the safety of their employees. Yeah, well, that was a big tweet. I'll have to find it and pull it up. But people were like, yeah, like, you know, if the employers are watching this happen, like, things are so violent already, you know, here's this employee, you know, hey, stop that. And they try to, like, you, you like, and they get stabbed, shot. Like, prime example, um, that's not about theft, but just recently, this YouTuber. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And the, the, the jury, uh, uh, did, yeah, acquitted him. Acquitted him. And yeah, that's that's uh, that's like, power you don't know, jury. You don't you you don't know what people got, you know, and like yeah, that was a different situation. I'm just using that as an oh, example no, of just it you know, it's, to me, it's kind of the same. It's not the same vibe, but it's the same thing. Okay, yeah, we're on the same page. Then. It's, yeah. it's it, the idea is that there are you know people you know people act wild mm-hmm. to people who work in retail. No one will say different on that. Yeah, and like. When I see it, it still bugs me to know. Like, it, it, there, it, it's it's the equivalent of of fingernails on chalkboards. Oh, it, to to shout out at a person making minimal wage at a big box store about something that they have no power to change. Yeah, but because of existential circumstances that may or may not have happened to this person, they are now feeling it's not their. It's their right and God-given ability to shout at this person at the top of their lungs mm-hmm. and to say all kinds of God's awful things because that person did not get their way. Yeah. Dude, I see it in the restaurant industry all the time. Oh, I bet. All the time. I can't tell you. That's why I couldn't work in the restaurant industry. Well, dude, I'm not allowed to talk to customers that much, that much anymore. They, they, they go, hey, we want to talk to the chef. I said, I have to sign to cook. <laughs> I know I have to. I, 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 like, I've, I, I have such a low... Uh, tolerance and I'll never be I shouldn't say that I've never said outlandishly vulgar things but I've made distinct comments to where the women and or men are going to be self-conscious for the next three to five weeks as you should again I I was raised in a world where unless there is something applicably wrong with the meal it is nothing but please and thank you yes my dad would slap me silly if i ever like got my plate and didn't say like you know what i'm saying like if i if, you, if i was like oh i didn't want onions take it off yeah oh deal. they they oh i didn't want cheese you have a knife scrape it off yeah work. you know like it's like you're because he's like listen let me tell you what's gonna happen right and i i've not seen it it's like say say you say you sit down with your with your wife and you guys are having dinner girlfriend. and and girlfriend. Oh, sorry, it's sorry, okay. sorry, sorry. Yeah, I get the upgrade. I've given the I've given the promotion a bunch of times. But people people think that about Christina and I now. And I'm like, it's only been like nine months. <laughs> um, but uh, like they'll be like, oh, I didn't want you know like LTO, and it'll come back. And I'm like, you're fucking kidding me, right? We can't just you know. So we gotta make a whole. So we have thing. to make. I have to or like no like I'll, like. So it's also funny too as you'll notice with people. Well, I think this is very brief. Um, is like things will come back and they're like, oh, I didn't like this. And I'm like, okay, flip the plate. The joke is you flip the plate around, and then you send it back out. And they go, they loved it. I'm like, dude, all I did, like, in the window, I just flipped the plate around as a joke. And I go, here you go. Yeah. And I'm like, people just like to, people just like to, to bitch. That, like, that, I'm sure you've seen the movie Waiting. Oh, Oh, oh. The, the classic. The, the <laughs> oh, you say dad? Oh, no, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's yes. what they did. They're like the the the, the, the cook jury. The, <laughs> the what is it? Well, we have our first pitch of the day. Get oh. a little continental. Uh, the oh, yes. I think that if anything, that movie 
gave me all the rationale of like, yeah, you 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 don't unless something like unless it is absolutely blue in the middle steak, there's no reason it should be sent back. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, is like that doesn't really happen with like you know the waiting stuff. Like I've never done that, but yes. but aside from all that, but uh, yeah, we were we're uh, hitting a little the times now, but. Um, <sighs> Yeah, dude, I know. I know it goes quick. I every time I because usually like I've said this before, I like check the the volume and then I look down. I'm like, oh fuck. But yeah, dude, listen seriously, I really appreciate you coming back on. Like, and you know, I, I love you know, talking about the whole Cavalcante thing. And thanks for like you know speaking on what you could speak on because I know I know we talked about before. You're like, hey, I'm like totally fine. This is not a gotcha podcast. Um, but yeah, appreciate dude, it, hopefully when you're down in uh you know down in like north and stuff, everything's safe and good. Oh yeah, but yeah, it's always fine and down there. That's why we're there. But seriously, guys, if you if if you're looking to like you know at public servants, people you're voting for, and things like this, if you take this man and like go, okay, I want someone like him. That's what you should be voting for. Someone who's willing to you know get yelled at and stay and like be like, hey, this is there's still ways to figure this out, you know. And I don't think a lot of people are like that, you know. Especially, I appreciate that, you know, and and it's cool to see because you know there's plenty. Of, like I grew up in Trenton, New Jersey, so. Take that for what it is, you know. Never yep. now in Coswell, but like, yeah, it's like there's so much stuff going on, and just you know, when you grow up with diversity, uh, with adversity, you know, you're able to get a lot more perspective about other people's situations. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, your Instagram is still it's a Dave dot I was about to say dot com, but no, <laughs> no, it's all good because it'll it'll pop up right at your feet. Um, on the yeah, right there. Um, but yeah, guys, check him out. He's awesome, and uh, I'm sure he'll be on again. All right, thank you. Thank you for having me.